Good evening. Try that again. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. Trust that you're doing all okay. Amen. Amen. It's, it's a privilege for us to have one of our local pastors with us this evening. Uh, Reverend Al Pittman is the pastor of Calvary Worship Center here, located here in the Springs. And he's also a graduate of Nazarene Bible College. So would you please welcome him tonight? Thank you, Pastor Al. Amen. Let's stand as we begin our time of worship and song. We're here trusting in the Lord with all our hearts. Psalms 48 says, Lord, you are great. You are great and most worthy of praise. It says, Lord, you are great and most worthy of praise. I praise you for your unfailing love and righteousness. guys again and uh, to join you in this chapel service and uh, I just wanted to uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here this evening. I pray that God will bless you as you hear his word this evening. It'll be a timely word uh, for you. Uh, before we get started, let's pray and ask the Lord to bless his word. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your truth, your word, Father, tonight. We ask, Father, in the name of Jesus that you would bless your word. We thank you, dear God, for uh, your faithfulness. And Father, we pray that as your word goes forth, it would accomplish, dear God, your divine purpose and will. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as my text, I have uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 10. And you're sure, I'm sure you're familiar with the, uh, the text. And uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 10. I just want to read it uh, to you, and I, I pray that God would bless you because one of the things I've uh, come to understand uh, in my walk with the Lord is that uh, there's two things that uh, are important uh, in my walk, no matter what you go through, where you've been or whatever, and that is, is having trust in God's word and leaning upon God. Now, those two things are so important, and this is basically the, the synopsis, if you will, of uh, this, uh, this text, trusting and leaning upon the Lord. And so the writer of Proverbs says here in verse, chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. There's a promise there of prosperity and blessing if we will trust in the Lord and not lean toward our own understanding, but lean upon the Lord. I've entitled this message this evening, The Austerity of Faith, uh, because, uh, of course, you know, we have faith, but do we have austere faith? When I talk about austerity, that word austere, austerity or austere means sternness. Do you have a stern faith or does your faith sort of flap in the wind uh, depends on, depending on which way the wind blows? Uh, God wants us to have a stern faith, an austere faith, a faith that is consistently trusting in him and leaning upon him. And um, uh, uh, the Lord wants us to to exhort us here, rather, in the, the chapter 3 here in Proverbs, to, 
to indeed have an austere faith. I think Job had an austere faith. Uh, his wife didn't have an austere faith. Amen. Uh, you know the story of Job, and, and Job said, Yet though he may slay me, I will serve him. That's austerity. That's a stern faith. Not based on circumstances, but based on who God is. His wife said, Why don't you just curse God and die? Amen. Uh, that's a lesson for you husbands out there. Don't always take your wife's advice. Amen. But God wants us to have an austere faith, a faith of austerity, faith that rests upon the reputation and the personage of God. And that's really basically what I'm going to be talking about, austerity of our faith. What does it really rest upon? We live in very uh, troubling times. Uh, I don't need to tell you that. Uh, and it requires faith, uh, the, the faith that maybe we had uh, some years ago. Uh, we can't get there from here is one of my favorite sayings is that, you know, your faith has to go deeper. You've got to trust God even more as we look at the future, the uncertainty uh, of, of the future. And um, God, those who are going to be effective, I believe, for God, those of you who are attending Nazarene Bible College, you who will graduate from here, some of you have already graduated, going back for some more. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and uh, Chaplain Nels here is going back for some, some more education and all that. And uh, God's blessing him. And and, uh, but, you know, if God's going to use us in this world, then we have to have an austere faith, a faith that realizes or knows how to trust and to rest upon the Lord. And if we will trust and rest upon the Lord, uh, the, verses 7 to 10 here in Proverbs uh, chapter 3 uh, really speaks about a blessing as we, we depart from evil, as we, it brings health to our bodies, and as we honor the Lord, and, and he will bless us with plenty, with new wine and all of that. So there's a real blessing in that, in trusting the Lord. But I really want to focus on two words, two simple words tonight, and that is trust and lean upon the Lord. And I want to make sure that I'm good. I've got till eight, what? Eight, whatever. Don't tell the preacher that, brother. Amen. You don't, that's suicide. Amen. Folks got to get back to class. Uh, amen. I, I don't know about eight, 15. Okay. All right. Amen. Let me get going here. So those two words, trust and lean. Trust and lean upon the Lord. And I, I want to focus on that, to trust and lean upon the Lord, to have a faith of austerity. It's to trust and lean upon the Lord. Trust in the Lord, it says. Trust in the Lord, how? With all your heart. In other words, trust in his reputation. Trust in the reputation of God. Who is God to you? Do you trust in God's reputation? Trust in the Lord. Trust in his reputation. Don't have time to turn to the text because for the sake of time and unpack it all. But let me just give you this. You may want to write this reference down if you're taking notes. But you can go back and read it uh, later. But Luke chapter 19, verses, uh, uh, Luke chapter 19, basically. Uh, there you find the parable Jesus told concerning the mina. And uh, the mina is a sum of money. It was about three months wages. And how the, the uh, uh, master left a mina uh, for his servants, and um, the master came back to collect interest uh, on the mina that he had left, and one of the servants had turned that one mina, three months wages, into ten. The other turned it into five, and then there was that one servant who came back with the mina wrapped nice and neat in a handkerchief, and without trusting in his master, and said, I, here's the mina you gave me, and the Bible says that the master called that servant a wicked servant. And sometimes it's like, well, why would he say that? Well, he gave you back what you gave to him. God doesn't want back what he's given to us. He wants an increase. But it requires trust in order to have 
an increase. Now, here, here's the, the point that I want to make here, and, uh, and, and that is that this, this uh, servant was called wicked because he didn't have the faith to invest what God had given him or what the master had given to him. And he called him wicked because the servant said, I, I kept it in a handkerchief because I knew you were an austere man. There's that word, austere. And in context of Luke chapter 19, austere men means severe in manner or appearance, uncompromising, strict and forbidding. In other words, when you say jump, people say how high. You're that kind of master. When, you, when you, you're a master who, who reaps what he hasn't sown, you collect those things, that, 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 the, the things that you haven't even planted. That's the kind of master you are. The servant said, I knew that's the kind of guy you were. So and I was afraid, so I, I hid my, my, my mina. And the master said, you wicked servant. And I thought about it. I said, Lord, why would he say he's a wicked servant? Because he said, you knew who I, who I was and who I am. You know who I am. And yet, and, and that if you would trust me and you would invest what I've given to you, that it was guaranteed to bring forth fruit. That it was a win-win proposition that I left you with. You knew that if you would just simply drop my name, people would want to invest with you because I'm a guy who reaps what he hasn't even sown. But you refuse to believe in my reputation, my austerity, who I am. And you held on to that which I gave you rather than release your faith. You didn't trust me. And because you didn't trust me, you're a wicked servant. And, and, and the master said to him, and he said this, he said, out of your very mouth I will judge you. And I thought, wow, what, out of his very mouth he will judge him. And, and I'm thinking about this parable, and it's like God spoke to my heart, and he said, you know, your own mouth will condemn you. Because you declare God to be something, you declare God to be powerful, but yet you live a powerless life. Out of your own mouth, you say, you are mighty, you are powerful, I know you're austere, Lord, you can do anything. There's nothing impossible for you. Out of your own mouth, you've said it, you've sung it in your worship songs, and yet... When it came time to invest your faith, I'm getting a little loud, I'm sorry. You held back and would not believe in my reputation. Do we believe in God's reputation? If we believe in God's reputation, we will trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. God's an austere God. The Bible says in Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10, Remember the former things of old, for I am God. That's Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. And there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. The Bible says he sets things in motion and no one can reverse them. He's an austere God. 
not just austere and commanding things with his word, but he's austere concerning his blessing. His blessing is stubborn concerning you. For Balaam said, he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. That's austerity. That's the reputation of our God. And so this servant in Luke chapter 19 did not trust in the Lord with all his heart. He did not trust in the reputation of his master. He hid his faith. And as a result, the little faith he had, Jesus goes on to say in the parable, was taken from him and given to another. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Back here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, that word heart means feelings. It means the will. Even the intellect, the center of our living, trust in the Lord with your all. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, you Bible students know what that means, in the Lord is everlasting strength. So our strength is founded upon God's austerity, his faithful reputation. The Bible says that when we are faithless, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. Amen. I've learned down through the years that that's the only way I can get out of bed some mornings. That is the only means by which I stand before a congregation is I trust in the Lord, not with some, but with all of my heart. I lean upon him. I trust in his reputation, that he is faithful. Yes, even in times when we are not. And then it says here in Proverbs chapter 3, this, about this austere, austere faith, if you will, it says, lean not on your own understanding. Boy, that's a big one. Lean not on your own understanding. Some time ago, um, and I, if I shared this before, forgive me, and I was here some time ago, so whole new crowd, you don't know, this is fresh, amen. <laughs> <laughs> but when I started pastoring the church, you go through all kinds of uh, conflict and struggles, and, and you may not be a pastor, but whatever ministry you're going to do, you always, you start doubting yourself, and you know, the devil is like the enemy assigns a personal demon to you to buffet you day and night sometimes. <laughs> And um, you, you have to struggle through that, you know, and people say, well, you know, you didn't have enough faith. Well, let me tell you, you know, uh, uh, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Jacob, the trickster, the, uh, the, 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 the deceiver to Israel, prince with God, because God said, you have wrestled with God and man and have prevailed. You got to do some wrestling sometimes. But it, I, I remember wrestling with just my ability and my limitations and, and Lord, did you really call me? And, you know, all the stuff we go through in our life in our lives, things that we wrestle uh, against. And, and I remember we had our church just starting out, and we had a few folks coming and stuff, and, and somebody sent me a little envelope in the mail. And uh, it, it, I've learned since that time, never open an envelope that doesn't have a name on it. Amen? And if you get a letter, always look to the end of the letter. If it's not signed, I throw it in the trash. And so this letter didn't have a name on it. It just had my name, to Pastor Al. You know, dear Pastor Al on the front. And so, it didn't say dear, but anyway, I, I open it up, 
And someone had Xerox a copy of an article out of a uh, magazine on speech lessons. And said, Pastor Al, I think you need this. They didn't sign it. They just put a little J at the end. So I didn't know if it was from Jesus or John or Jane or I thought the Lord was telling me it's time to quit. I didn't know. You know, it just had J. I don't know what that means. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I said, oh, Lord, I need to quit. You know. I, I'm, I'm inadequate. I'm this. I'm that. And God said, keep preaching. For the excellency of the power is not in the vessel. It's of God. It's not of us. He said, keep preaching. I kept preaching. And, and about every other month, true story, about two years, I'd get an envelope from the same person. And I would, sometimes the Lord would say, don't open it. I'd go, Just a curiosity got me. And I'd open it. And sure enough, it would be another deal. You, know, you need this. I'm just telling you, as I began, just trusted in God's word, leaned not on my own understanding, but acknowledged him in all my ways. As the letters came, the church grew. As the letters came, the church grew. As the letters came, the church grew. And God says, it has nothing to do with you. It is my word. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me. I'll direct your path. And if I'm for you, who can be against you? And every voice that rises up against you, I will personally condemn. And I watched God do a miracle because I wasn't leaning on my ability or my education or anything else. I was leaning on his word. Not my own understanding, but his word. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 7, that the way of the justice upright is uprightness, he says. Isaiah 26, 7. And he says, O Most High, you weigh the path of the just. When we lean upon the Lord, we have to believe that my way is being weighed by God. Now, I love that verse because I looked at the, the Hebrew and uh, <clears throat> I didn't take Hebrew when I went to school here, amen. So he, Hebrew students, forgive me. But the Hebrew, because you can get programs to do all that stuff now. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the Hebrew word is palas or palak. And that, word for, that Hebrew word for way is palas or palak, which says God weighs our ways. It means to roll flat like a road. In other words, I, I learned, I, learned to, to, to under, I came to understand that all my ways, the things that I don't understand, things that have happened in my life, you know, I don't lean on my understanding. I lean upon the Lord because God weighs my ways. In other words, he takes all the bumps and all the potholes and he rolls them flat into a smooth path for our good and for his glory. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, you know it, all things work together, all things are palak, all things work together for the good of those who are called. Those who love God and those who are called for his purpose. He works it all out, he smooths out all the stuff in your life that you've been worrying about and fretting, God smooths it all out for his glory and for your good. To lean upon God is to set our desire upon him. Lean upon God to set our desire upon him. Isaiah 26, verses 8 and 9. says, yes, in the way of your judgment, O Lord, 
we have waited for you. How do we wait on the Lord in the way of his judgments? What does it mean to wait in the way of his judgments? It means to wait upon his word, to rest in his word. And in the way of your judgments, Lord, we have waited upon you. I've been waiting on God to do something. How are you waiting? Are you waiting in his word? Waiting in his word. It says in Isaiah 26, verses 8 and 9, it says, The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I, have, I will seek you early. And I've learned over the years as I lean upon the Lord. To lean upon the Lord is not just a, a formula or anything. It is to make God your desire. Delight thyself in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. To lean upon the Lord is saying, Lord, I have to have you and nothing else. I need you. I desire you night and day. That's what it means to lean upon the Lord. Now, some of us won't lean upon the Lord until God puts us in a leaning position. <laughs> leaning circumstances, what do I mean by that? We lean upon him when we have to. Some of us are like, yeah, that's right, I'll take that. That's pretty good, Al. Lean upon the Lord. I'll take that under advisement. Thank you very much for coming this evening. You know. But, but you're going to get put in a situation where you have to lean upon him. Years ago when we were vacationing uh, with my, our family and one of those rare trips but, uh, in Hawaii and, and people were, they took us out to this place and said, we're going to do a little snorkeling. Well, I don't swim. Amen. And I thought, well, you know, I'll do a little snorkeling and, and uh, I'll probably get out in some, you know, water, maybe about four or five feet deep and, you know, kind of pretend like I could swim and put my face in the water and, you know, with the snorkel thing on and see some fishies and took us out to this place, man, 100 feet of water, bro. 100 feet of water, <laughs> amen, and, and people jumping off the boat and everything. I'm the last guy on the boat, you know, 6'2", 200 pounds, standing there, little kids running around me diving off the boat, and the guy looks at me and goes, are you going to get in the water? I said, no, you know, and then finally I decided to get in the water, and I got on all these floaty things and, and contraptions, you know, and stuff, and the guy looks at me, honest, this is what he says to me, he says, are you new to the sport? I wanted to push him off the boat. He was one of the guys that was running the boat. So I get in the water, but I tell you what, I had to learn to lean on those floaties, amen, <laughs> or else I would drown. I had to learn to lean, but I wouldn't lean on them. I didn't need them until I, I needed to lean on them. I didn't, I didn't care anything about those little floaties. I didn't care what color it was. I think they gave me a big pink one. I had, you know, I'm out there with that thing. But I'm leaning on it because I was in a situation where I had to lean upon. And God will sometimes put us in situations where we have to lean. You will learn to lean. In a song, learning to lean. I've learned to lean on Jesus. You've got to learn. You know how you learn? When you're in a situation where you have to lean. You've got nothing else. Lean upon him. And not your own understanding. Folks, that's how we grow. That's how God develops within us austere faith. Faith that will be standing. Faith that is built upon the rock of our salvation. If we trust in him, if we'll lean upon him, he promises us. If we'll acknowledge him, because to trust him and to lean on him is to acknowledge him. To acknowledge him in all our ways, verse 6 says, and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, 
the Lord is everlasting strength. My time is up, but I want us to look at Psalms, Psalm 62, verses 5 to 8, and close our time together with that wonderful psalm that uh, reminds us of the foundation of our lives, the one that our faith is built upon. Psalm 62, I'm sorry, Psalm 62, verse 5. If you have a Bible with you, somebody may need this this evening. Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my refuge, or my, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. And this is what I want to leave you with. Trust in him at all times. You people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Father, we thank you for your word this evening, and thank you, Father, that your word will definitely, Lord, go forth and not return unto you void. I pray, Father, for those that are here this evening, Father, and uh, we have just briefly looked at your word, but I ask, Father, there may be someone here this evening that needed this word desperately. Lord, they've been trusting in other men and, and, and other things and people and circumstances, or they've been leaning upon their own understanding of things. God, bring them back to a place where they trust in the Lord with not some of their heart, all of the heart, where they lean not on their own understanding, but acknowledge you in all their ways. You promised that you would direct our path, and you direct our path in that pathway, Father, that works out for good and not evil. You direct us in the path of prosperity, dear God. You direct us in the path of fruitfulness that your name may be praised. So, Father, thank you for your word tonight. And I pray if someone is struggling tonight that you would touch them tonight, that you would minister to their heart by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, you would draw them to yourself, and you, Lord God, would become their delight and their desire. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.